Good morning, everyone. Uh, you may be seated, please. Uh, you hear us um, often sometimes praying for our missionaries or people that we consider our missionaries because we pray for them and we support them financially. And uh, I want to introduce to you this morning, for those of you that don't know him, uh, the man with the beard over there. That's, that must be one of our missionaries here today, because I've never met him. <laughs> Hello, Father Steve. Good to have you here, brother. Uh, but uh, I also want to introduce uh, Father Lee Mullins. Uh, Father Lee um, and I go back um, at least five, six years. Six years. At least five, six years when he was here at Fuller Seminary and living here in the area, and uh, he was ordained in this church, and he is uh, someone that is very dear to us, and the Lord just called him to be a missionary in Thailand. Uh, he had lived in Thailand before uh, for a few years, came back here, uh, and now he is back ministering in Thailand, and so it is our pleasure, my distinct pleasure to welcome him once again here to, uh, to St. David's. Not only is he a missionary of St. David's, uh, he's a missionary of the Diocese of Western Anglicans. You're part of, uh, of this diocese as well. So, Lee, God bless you, brothers. Good to have you here. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds to the words you have for us, Lord. Write your teachings and your will upon our hearts. And guide us in all your ways. Thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well... It's good to be back. Yes, I see a lot of familiar faces and uh, a few new ones. It's always good. I have to say, it's, it's weird. Every year that I'm gone, when I come back, things just get a little bit stranger <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I, I was having a dinner with uh, my family. I, I traveled up to Michigan last week. And uh, I sat down at this restaurant. And uh, I had ordered a sandwich. I forget what it was I had actually ordered. And uh, my parents ordered some like, kind of like omelet deal. I, I don't know. And so I'm sitting there and waiting for the food. And, and they come out and they sit these plates down. And honestly, it's been a long time since I've seen that much food on a plate. <laughs> like, it was just, I, I was looking at it. I was like, that, that could feed like two people. And, uh, you know, portions are bigger in the U.S., you know, that's just the way it is. And so it's these little things like this that just kind of almost, almost shock me. It almost shocks me. But, uh, I mean, it's always good to be back. Um, seriously. So thank you for having me. And thank you, Father Jose, for inviting me here. So today, I want to talk about discipleship. I want to talk about what it looks like, what it means and, uh, and how we can go about this here, where we are. Um, but 
before I get into all that, I, I want to kind of give you a quick update and let you know kind of what's going on uh, on my side of the world. The church is growing. It's actually growing faster than I had anticipated, and I think it's faster than we can almost keep up. Right now, we have two active ministries just in our church alone. One working with uh, college students at a local university. The other one's working with the local community. What we've found is, is that the number of children that the Lord has brought us has been immense and unexpected. We're up to about 35 children, maybe more, that's coming every Saturday to learn about God. And the amazing part about it is, it's not about how many the Lord brings us. Rather, it's the fruit of what we see. There's this uh, young, young boy, he's about eight years old, and uh, he spends a lot of time uh, around our church. Uh, we met him a, a couple years back, and he was, when we first met him, he was a little bit kind of, uh, how should we put this, a little bit naughty, I, I, I suppose. You know, he was a little bit of a troublemaker. And uh, he would come to, to our church, and uh, we were open, you know, five days a week, you know, just teaching people English, just, you know, building relationships with people. That's just kind of what we do. Our door is always open to the community. And so he would just come in and hang out. But uh, on one particular day while we were doing children's ministry, he walks over to one of the missionaries, and he says this, and, and mind you, we're teaching him English. He goes and he says, Jesus must come. That's surprising because, you know, he comes from a Buddhist family. And, and we're like, yeah, okay. And then he says, I'll wait for him here. <laughs> uh, so so he, he, spend, he spends a lot of time with us. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it's these little things that make this ministry, the sacrifices that it entails, so worth it. And the reality is, is that even if you are not in Thailand, you can experience these little miracles right where you are. But we can only experience these things if we're willing to open ourselves up to what the Lord has for us. And, and the meetings that we had uh, this past week with DWA and uh, Bishop Keith Andrews, uh, the, the big emphasis is on discipleship, and I praise God that that is the emphasis because I think that is the answer. We talk a lot about planting churches, but churches are not what we're planting. We're planting seeds. We are doing discipleship. And out of discipleship, churches will grow. And so, as I talk about discipleship, I first want to point out what discipleship is not. Because sometimes we have it in our mind when we picture discipleship, we have it in our mind that it's these certain things. And that's not exactly it. The first thing I want to point out is discipleship is not coming to church on Sunday. I know. 
It doesn't, it doesn't mean that coming to church on Sunday is not important. It is absolutely important. You need to come. You need to be in community. You need to be worshiping God together as a community. But you can come to church every Sunday, sit in those pews, listen to sermons, even take notes, and still not be a disciple. Discipleship is not a Bible study. Yes, it's good to learn about the Bible. But that is not discipleship. It might be a part of it. But that's not discipleship. There's professors around the world that specialize in in the Bible, that study the Bible, that know it in and out. They know Christianity. They know the beliefs. But they have no faith in it. They have a lot of knowledge, but it hasn't reached the heart. It hasn't transformed their lives. So knowing the Bible is not enough. Small groups. Well, that's got to be discipleship, right? Coming together, eating together. Right? And that's good. It's really good. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a disciple. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're being discipled. Oftentimes, I think, we, we get distracted in the superficial. And when we come together, we might talk about what's going on in our lives a little bit. We scratch the surface at, at maybe some of the small little problems in our lives. Or, or we might share some of our successes. And these are all good things. But we rarely allow ourselves to be exposed. We rarely allow ourselves to be vulnerable. To share our deeper hurts, our deeper suffering, our deeper sins. We're afraid. We're afraid of being judged. And so... These things that we do are not discipleship because discipleship is a commitment. It's a commitment to God like no other. It's a commitment to not only receive the Holy Spirit and to allow him to work inside of you, but it's a commitment to allow the Word of God, to allow the love of God, to allow the Spirit of God to transform you, to lead you to repentance, to make you something new. Jesus talks about how you know a tree by its fruit. The truth is you know a disciple by the disciple's fruit. So the first thing to being a disciple is to have that commitment to God. To be willing to say, your, your will, Lord, not mine. And being able to be obedient to that. That's the catch. Oftentimes we say, Lord, you know, we want your will in our lives. But we want that will of God to match up with our will. But the question is, is what happens when it isn't? What happens when God tells you no? Can you be obedient to that? Can you be faithful to that? 
That's the first step in discipleship. It's this idea of repenting, of turning away. And that's, that's, that's part of Lent. It's disciplining yourself so you can be a better disciple. It's not about just giving up pop or candy. It's discipleship. It's allowing you to be obedient, to sacrifice, to discipline yourself. But that's not all discipleship is. Discipleship is also about community. It's about loving others. I want you to, I want you to just take a quick look around. I wish you could see what I see. Just go ahead, take a look around, it's fine. You guys are beautiful. Yes. This right here, this is your family. your family. This right here, these people right here in this house, in God's house, is your family. Just as much, if not more so, than your own brothers and sisters. When one person has a problem, we should have a problem. When one person rejoices, we should be rejoicing. We share in each other's joys and in each other's sufferings as a family. When one of your family members gets sick, maybe one of your brothers, sisters, parents, aunts, uncles, and you're close to them and you truly love them, you'll probably go and see them. You'll probably care for them. You'll worry about them. We need to have that relationship with one another because until we can open up our hearts and our lives to the people around us. We can't allow ourselves to be discipled, nor can we make disciples of others. We have to be vulnerable. The last thing, and I touched on it briefly, is that disciples make disciples. It's not enough to just love people. It's not enough just to love God and sacrifice. It means that we have to be able to find out who we are in the kingdom of God. As we become Christians, we take on a new citizenship. We're no longer just Americans. We become citizens of a kingdom that is much bigger and much greater. And in that, we have a service. Now, I know some of you here, you may be thinking to yourself, well, I don't really have any gifts. I I don't really have anything to offer. I want to tell you right now that's completely untrue. I'll give you an example. I'm an introvert. I really am. I'm awkward around people. If you haven't noticed already, I, I, don't, I don't know how to behave around people. I'm just awkward. I will often be in a corner by myself as people gather. I work on it. I work on it. But the, the truth is, is that despite my weaknesses, God can still use me. And I'm here to tell you that despite your weaknesses, God will use you. 
Everyone has something to share, even if it's just a kind word. You know, being a missionary in Thailand, probably a missionary anywhere actually, it changes your perspective on things. I've seen some things that I wish I hadn't seen. I've heard about things I wish I never had heard about. And in this process, I've come to realize how much more important it is that we allow others to get a taste of the kingdom. And it's not about just going to heaven or hell. It's about living a life with Christ. People in Thailand, and this isn't uncommon in other parts of the world, they live in fear. They're afraid. They live their life believing that spirits are all around them. They have these little houses where spirits live and every morning they go to give food to these spirits to keep them happy so that the spirits don't attack them and cause their life chaos. As they pass by temples, they have to why in order to appease these spirits. They spend their life trying to make up for all the bad stuff they've ever done in their life by doing as much good as possible so they might have a chance at a nicer life in the future. And as you tell them these things about grace, about forgiveness, about, about the goodness of Christ, about this free gift of salvation, they don't know what to think. Getting something for free is not in their vocabulary. As a matter of fact, when they talk about free in advertisements, they use the word free. They don't use a Thai word. And so it's up to us to present this gospel to them, this good news, just so they can have a peaceful life. And the truth is, is that even here in the United States, it's still the same way. People still think that they have to earn their goodness, that they have to prove something to God. And there's a lot of work to be done here. You guys are all missionaries, whether you like it or not. And discipleship is your calling. It's all our callings. It's what Jesus was talking about. Go and making disciples of all nations. He was talking to everybody. And that also means making disciples here at home. So you might be asking, okay, great, I'm convinced, but how do we do this? The how, right? That's the big question. Well, first of all, making a disciple doesn't require much. It requires time. And it can be two people, it can be three people in a group. And it's about sharing your life with that person. We all have friends, right? I hope we all have friends. And when your closest friends, your best friends, they're the people that you call up when you have a problem. They're the people that you share your life with when you have difficulties. 
That's the type of friends that we need to be to one another. As the apostles had difficulties and disciples had difficulties and the people around them had difficulties during Jesus' time, they would flock to Jesus and they would say, help me. And Jesus was there to guide them, to give them instruction, godly instruction, to listen to their cries, to pray with them, to cry with them, to laugh with them, to eat with them. This is discipleship. It's not rocket science. It's allowing yourself to open up and share your life with those people around you. Not just here in the church, but even outside. We're so afraid to say hello to someone new. We're afraid of being rejected. But what is there to fear when God is with you? And it doesn't mean you go up to someone and you say, hey, do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about him. Maybe sometimes that's exactly how it needs to go down. But that doesn't always mean that that's the case. Sometimes it's simply just going up and saying, hey, my name is whatever, you know, where are you from? Just starting that simple relationship and building from there, finding the commonalities, sharing your life, and it takes time. The truth is, is like I said in Thailand, I can't go and and tell someone, you know what, Jesus will forgive you of all your sins. All you have to do is just repent and say this prayer and you're done. It doesn't work that way because you have to build a relationship. You have to build trust. And the truth of the matter is, is that the U.S. has changed. A lot of people already know this stuff. They can go online and read all the stuff about Christianity and how to become a Christian. The information is not the problem. The problem is, is that they don't have the authentic relationships to lead them, to disciple them, to bring them into the kingdom. This is why discipleship is so important. So find somebody. Find someone in your church. Start off in your church. Pair up. Get in groups of three. Keep it small. Keep it simple. Share your life. Share your real problems. Share your real fears. Don't be afraid to be a little bit vulnerable. There's this quick story and I'll be done. There's this visiting pastor who was coming to preach at this church. And uh, while he was there, he, he visited one of their, their small groups that they had. And there was a, a, a few uh, couples there, you know, four or five, six couples Okay, but it was still relatively small, you know. They had been meeting together for a few years. So this, this pastor of this church who had the small group invited this visiting pastor to come into this small group and just kind of take a look, see what was going on. So he said, okay. So he walks in and he came a little bit early. No one was there yet. And he, he saw the, the wife of the house uh, cooking and preparing meals still. And she was like, I'm sorry, you know, my husband's not here, here yet. He works really late. You know, he, sometimes he doesn't get home till late. Uh, but please make yourself feel comfortable. And she was embarrassed because her husband wasn't home yet for this, this event. And so everyone started coming in and they started, you know, talking together and stuff. And then in the middle of the small group, the husband walks into the house after work goes straight to the shower, gets cleaned up, and comes out. And the visiting pastor tells everybody, okay, you know, I want you all to get into a corner, a space in the house, and I want you to pray about how you can help and pray for 
the people in this room. What he was asking is, is he wanted them to explore into the relationships of the people they were with, the deep parts of their life, and figure out what it is that they could do to help or pray for the people around them. And they had been meeting for a couple years. They'd never done this before. So they went into their corners. He gave them 10 minutes. They came back and he said, what has God told you? And it was silent. Finally, the pastor got a little bit uncomfortable. And so he handed it over to the, to the head pastor, the rector. said, you know, what do you want to do? So the, the, the head rector, he closed it in prayer. And he asked, you know, does anyone have any, any prayers, any requests? And the, the, the wife of the house, she spoke up and said how, how something was wrong with her stomach. And, you know, she went to see a doctor, but she could use some prayer for it. So they sat her in a chair, and, and the people started gathering around. And, and the, the pastor laid his hands on her and started praying for her. But as he was praying for her, he realized, he got a word from the Lord. And, and the Lord told him, he said, this isn't the real problem. The real problem is the anger. And so he said, he spoke a word, he said, he said, I... I the Lord is telling me that you're angry. She went quiet. And she broke down into tears. She said, yes, I'm angry. said, I'm angry that my husband comes home so late at night. I never see him. I'm married, but it feels like I have no husband. As she started sobbing, her husband fell down on his knees and put his head in her lap, started crying, saying how sorry he was. And in the midst of this, the, the couples came around them both and started praying for them both. And then after they, they prayed for a little while, a peace kind of came over the group. And then the, the other husbands of these wives started talking about how they had the same problem. And one man spoke up. He said, I had the same problem last year. He said, finally, he said, I, I just decided that I needed to change something in my life. And he said, you know, it was hard. So he changed his schedule around. And he, he prays with his wife every day and his kids and he makes, home, makes sure he's home for dinner. That's what he does. And he said, things are so much better now. The, the, that coming Sunday, about a week later, the, the people of the small group are in the parking lot talking and, and the visiting pastor walks up and uh, he looks over and he sees them and, and then the lady and, and the husband come over to him and says, you know, thank you for visiting us. She says, I went to the doctors and I feel so much better. She said, but what's even better is that my husband now is only working 40 hours a week. He's been coming home for dinner every night. And he just took my children to the zoo this past Saturday. We have, we have our family back. 
And that went on for two years. The group did not know that this was a problem. At that small group, something had changed. And let me tell you what it was. It was because they opened up. It was because God broke in and broke through. And of that, community was built. Real relationships were built. That is discipleship. The last thing I, I want to point out is, is that in all this, it takes immense prayer. You have to be on God's line. So please, I ask you to take discipleship seriously. You are all called to it. There's no question about it. Start with your friends, your family. Start with the people here. Because disciples make disciples. This isn't about planting churches. This is about making disciples. So let us pray. Lord, we ask that you reach into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds. Renew us. Change us. Guide us and fill us. Let us be disciple makers. Let us be vulnerable. Let us be open. Let us be willing to change, Lord. Let it not be a Christianity of knowledge or just of heart but let it be a Christianity in which we walk in, a faith in which we live. Make us your disciples. Make us your followers. Make us imitators of you, Lord. And give us the strength and the courage to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed, to do what needs to be done, and guide us and help us in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.